Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of January 20. In the news, 15 soldiers are killed when a fire erupts in a military barracks in Armenia's Kerarkunik region. Azerbaijan's blockade of the Lachin Corridor is now in its second month. And Armenian children returning to Nagorno-Karabakh accompanied by Russian peacekeepers are harassed by masked Azerbaijanis. On January 19, 15 soldiers were killed and three were wounded as a result of a fire in one of the buildings at a military unit in Armenia's Gerarkunik region. Yesterday, during the cabinet meeting, Health Minister Anahit Avanesian stated that two of the wounded servicemen are in critical condition and are currently in intensive care. Defense Minister Suren Babikian said that the fire occurred because of fire safety violations when gasoline was used to ignite a fire in a wood-burning stove. Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan added that according to preliminary information, one of the servicemen tried to pour gasoline into the stove from a 5-liter canister. As he poured the gasoline, his hand caught on fire and he then allegedly threw the burning canister in the direction of the sleeping quarters of the barracks. The commander of the 2nd Army Corps and 8th Officers have been dismissed from their positions following the incident. Garagin Borosian was appointed as the new commander. Prime Minister Pashinyan said that on December 21, 2022, the chief of the general staff of the Army and Armed Forces issued an order prohibiting the use of gasoline and other inflammable substances for lighting stoves. It was also instructed to store flammable liquids separately from other substances. According to Pashinyan, military units had been given fire igniters for the stove. Also yesterday, Adam Torosian, the Speaker of Armenia's Defense Ministry, reported that on January 19 at approximately 10.50 a.m., an Armenian soldier sustained a gunshot wound from Azerbaijani fire at an Armenian combat position located on the western part of the Armenia-Azerbaijan border near Yerask. The serviceman is in critical condition. And this week, the chief of the general staff of the Azerbaijani armed forces visited the Armenia-Azerbaijan border on two occasions, checking on the combat readiness of the troops. Earlier, Azerbaijan's defense minister had ordered Azerbaijani armed forces to be ready to prevent any type of provocation. The Lachin Corridor remains under blockade for the 39th day. To restrict the reliance on electricity as much as possible, the authorities in Artsakh decided to suspend the operation of schools indefinitely. Public sector employees will continue working from their offices only if their duties cannot be performed on a remote basis. And food is being distributed through food stamps. And Rubina, as we know, the, the shortage of food and medicine uh, has become a very, very critical issue. Um, today, somebody had posted on Facebook that there's a shortage of insulin in Artsakh, among other kinds of medical. And uh, photos that we've seen ourselves of like humanitarian mm -hmm. aid, like uh, food being given to people, half a cabbage. Yeah, it's, it's just... Yeah. Mm -hmm. And on top of all of this, on January 17, the gas supply was again cut off by the Azerbaijanis. Today, uh, Artsakh authorities reported that Azerbaijan has partially restored the supply of natural gas to Artsakh, but due to low pressure, it will be supplied with some uh, limitations. Right, because the electricity lines and the gas pipelines run through territories that are now under Azerbaijani control, and basically they can turn it off and on as uh, they wish, and... Uh, 
last week we reported, and it's ongoing, there are four-hour rolling blackouts uh, in uh, Artsakh. And also, same with the internet connection, which yes. was uh, mm-hmm. disconnected mm-hmm. at the very point where the so-called activists are. However, that's been restored. On January 18, 19 children who had been stranded in Armenia since the December 12th blockade uh, were uh, allowed to return home via the Gori Stepanagert road. The children were accompanied from Goris to Stepanagert by the Russian peacekeeping troops. And the car was stopped by the Azerbaijanis in the Shushi Karindak section of the highway where the so-called Azerbaijani eco-activists are gathered. Then about 10 to 15 Azerbaijanis with face masks on cameras in hand and in civilian clothes approached the car. Some of them rushed into the car and began filming the children. Well, a commotion ensued, obviously, after which one of the children fainted. The Russian peacekeepers removed the Azerbaijanis from the car and the vehicle continued its journey. Then while uh, the car carrying the children was passing through, uh, you know, the block section of the road, Azerbaijanis who had gathered there began shouting in their direction. Um, It's just incredulous to me how the Russian peacekeepers allowed these Azerbaijanis to even get in the car. I mean, they were accompanied There's like children. no excuse as to why, other than in the video, you briefly see them trying to give the children juice, which it's is a pretext. pretext yeah. But who hands a child juice while wearing a face mask? Yeah. It, I couldn't, to be honest, when the video surfaced and um, I saw it on Twitter, I couldn't even bring myself to watch it because the children were just absolutely terrified. Um, of course. And, and, and these are only nine, there's there, over 200 children are still stranded in Armenia um, and can't get to their families. And there are parents who are stranded here who can't get to their families. It's just, um, it, it's an inadmissible, really, uh, situation. Well, uh, in a statement issued in response to the incident, Armenia's foreign ministry stated that it is shocked by the inadmissible attitude of the Azerbaijani side towards the children returning to Nagorno-Karabakh. According to the statement, the so-called activists uh, conducted themselves as terrorists, and this is not an exaggeration. (laughs) Certainly it isn't. Well, Armenia's foreign ministry also noted that the actions and behavior of the Azerbaijani side are clear examples of the state-level policy of hatred and hostility towards Armenians and the displacement of Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh to the point of targeting children, and that such behavior is immoral and has no justification in international law. During a Security Council session this week, Artsakh's President Aray Karutunyan informed the council that on January 15, the Russian side had facilitated a meeting between the Artsakh authorities and the Azerbaijani side to discuss the resolution of the situation on the Achin Corridor. According to Harutunyan, there was no progress in the talks regarding the unblocking of the corridor. And on January 17, David Babayan, who had been dismissed from the post of Artsakh's foreign minister, was appointed as advisor to President and also this week, the Standing Committee on Foreign Affairs of the Canadian Parliament unanimously adopted a motion calling for a maximum of three meetings on the blockade of the Lachin Corridor by Azerbaijan. Artsakh representative in the U.S. and Canada, Robert Avedisian, and human rights defender of Artsakh, Geram Stepanian, will be invited to participate in the hearing and to speak in front of the Canadian Parliament. The representatives of Artsakh are to be invited to speak by February. At a Q&A session in Parliament this week, Armenian Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan said, the international community acknowledges that the blockade of the Lachin Corridor and Azerbaijan's aggressive statements are creating new obstacles for the peace process. 
But who said that this itself isn't what Azerbaijan wants? Who said that this itself isn't Azerbaijan's long-term goal to entirely derail the peace process with those kinds of provocative statements and by using uh, our possible reactions, uh, Pashinyan said, adding that Armenia's reaction must be asymmetric, meaning active international diplomacy and further empowerment of domestic institutional capacity and state institutions, maintaining the reforms agenda and the peace agenda. This week for Foreign Minister Arat Mizoyan was in Vienna to participate in a special session of the OSCE Permanent Council convened at Armenia's initiative to discuss the situation in the region and particularly the blockade of the Lachin Corridor. In his remarks during the OSCE session, Mirzoyan said that after the 2020 Artsakh War, Azerbaijan, uh, instead of engaging in good faith, uh, in the negotiations, continues its destructive policy, including two instances of aggression against the Republic of Armenia in May and November of 2021 and September 2022, which resulted in the occupation of 150 square kilometers of the sovereign territory of Armenia. Mirzoyan said that the blockade of the Lachin Corridor has created a humanitarian crisis with far-reaching intentions. Mirzoyan added that the humanitarian crisis is worsening with each passing day and requires the immediate and targeted intervention of the international community. He called for more pressure on Azerbaijan to comply with its own commitments, adding that Baku's intention is to coerce the people of Nagorno-Karabakh to leave their native land and leave their homes. The minister also called for the deployment of an international fact-finding mission to Artsakh and the Lachin Corridor to assess the humanitarian situation on the ground, as well as to ensure unhindered humanitarian access to Nagorno-Karabakh for relevant UN bodies. Mirzoyan added that the blockade of the corridor proves once again the absolute necessity of creating an international mechanism for dialogue between Stepanagert and Baku. Mirzoyan noted that the OSCE can play an instrumental role not merely in achieving but also sustaining peace through the involvement of its structures. The Armenian foreign minister also ruled out any extraterritorial corridors, stating that it is a principled and irrevocable position. The U.S. representative at the OSC, Michael Carpenter, said that the United States is gravely concerned that the Lachin Corridor has now been obstructed for more than 30 days, creating critical shortages of food, medicine, and other supplies in Nagorno-Karabakh. These facts are indisputable, he said. Carpenter called on Azerbaijan and Russia to restore unhindered transit immediately in keeping with prior commitments, which clearly include guarantees for the security of persons, vehicles, and cargo moving along the Lachin Corridor in both directions. He went on to say that all OSCE participating states have an obligation to protect the safety of persons on their territory without regards to ethnicity. The French representative uh, to the OSCE reiterated its call for the immediate and unconditional restoration of freedom and security of movement through the corridor. The EU's representative presented a statement which was endorsed by several non-EU states as well, North Macedonia, Montenegro, Bosnia, Iceland, Norway, reiterated its call on the Azerbaijani authorities to fully restore freedom and security of movement along the corridor in line with the commitments deriving from the trilateral statement of November 9 of 2020. 
The UK representative said the ongoing disruptions to the lodging corridor and the associated humanitarian consequences are deeply worrying and urged the government of Azerbaijan to take all measures to allow for the unhindered movement of humanitarian goods and civilians. The UK said it regrets that despite this issue being raised here at the OSC and the United Nations Security Council, significant progress has not been made. The Azerbaijani representative repeated their main talking points, um, such as Nagorno-Karabakh is a fictitious entity set up by Armenia, that Armenia has not fully withdrawn its armed forces from Nagorno-Karabakh and continues a variety of military activities in the territories of Azerbaijan. This is a quote. Uh, yeah. yeah, a quote. And that the lodging corridor is being used by Armenia not only for the transfer of mines, but also the exploitation of Azerbaijan's natural resources. He reiterated Azerbaijan's position that it will not engage with such individuals as Ruben Bartanian with a dubious record who was implanted into the Karabakh region of Azerbaijan to derail the fragile peace-building process. The Azerbaijani representative again insisted that Baku has not put any restrictions on the traffic along the corridor. I mean, just the fact that they say this <laughs> and they believe it is incredible. Anyway, um, this is a direct quote. Nor did the protesters declare an intention to block the traffic along the road. According to him, the news reports and videos disseminated through social media testified to the unhindered passage of various kinds of vehicles along the road, including civilian and emergency vehicles and those of the ICRC, but in fact, only ICRC vehicles and the, the vehicles of the Russian peacekeeping contingent are being allowed well, to Well, we also saw some uh, foreign uh, citizens leaving Artsakh this, this week uh, who were allowed to go out, mainly Russian citizens. Mm-hmm. As only Russian citizens, citizens yeah. yeah. And the children going. So it must be like open both ways. <laughs> Well, the Azerbaijani representative added that the sooner the legitimate concerns of Azerbaijani authorities and the general public with regard to abuse of the road for unlawful exploitation of resources and for military purposes will be addressed, the sooner the present situation will be resolved. But what will Which be resolved since the door <laughs> road is open? The Russian representative at the OSC, Alexander Lukashevich, said that the deteriorating humanitarian situation in Artsakh causes serious concern and added that the population of Nagorno-Karabakh should not become a hostage to political disagreements between Baku and Yerevan. He added that the corridor should remain under the control of the Russian peacekeepers and be used only for the purposes outlined in the November 2020 tripartite statement. He stressed that Russia is taking all possible measures including at the political level and on the on the ground to de-escalate tensions and resolve the situation. Lukashevich said a sustainable and long-term solution is possible only through strict observance of all the provisions of the tripartite agreements of the leaders of Russia, Azerbaijan, and Armenia. He called provocative actions and public attacks against Russian peacekeepers unacceptable and damaging to Armenian-Azerbaijani normalization. On January 18, the European Parliament adopted a resolution on the implementation of the Common Foreign and Security Policy Annual Report 2022, which strongly condemns the Azerbaijani aggression of September 2022 and reiterated that the territorial integrity of Armenia must be fully respected and called on Azerbaijan to immediately withdraw from all parts of the territory of Armenia and to release the prisoners of war under their control. The Parliament also adopted an amendment submitted to the resolution in which it strongly denounces Azerbaijan's illegal blockade of the Laching Corridor in violation of the trilateral statement 
of November 2020 as it threatens to precipitate an international humanitarian crisis for the people of Nagorno-Karabakh demands that the Azerbaijani authorities restore freedom of movement through the Lachin Corridor with immediate effect. And yesterday, the European Parliament adopted a resolution titled The Humanitarian Consequences of the Blockade in Nagorno-Karabakh. In the resolution, the European Parliament stated that the Lachin Corridor has been blocked by self-proclaimed environmentalists from Azerbaijan, which has disrupted access to essential goods and services, including food, fuel, and medication for the 120,000 Armenians living in Nagorno-Karabakh. The resolution also notes that the humanitarian crisis was further aggravated by Azerbaijan's disruption of the natural gas supply to Artsakh, which left houses, hospitals, and schools without heating. It states that by sustaining the blockade of the Lachin Corridor, Azerbaijan is breaching its international obligations under the ceasefire statement. The EU Parliament urges Azerbaijan to immediately reopen the Lachin Corridor to enable free movement and ensure access to essential goods and services, thus guaranteeing security in the region and safeguarding residents' livelihoods. It also underlines the need for a comprehensive peace agreement which must guarantee the rights and security of Nagorno-Karabakh's Armenian population. The statement also calls on Azerbaijan to protect the rights of Armenians living in Nagorno-Karabakh and refrain from its inflammatory that calls for discrimination against Armenians and urges Armenians to leave Nagorno-Karabakh. The resolution also condemns the inaction of Russian peacekeepers, considers that their replacement with OSCE international peacekeepers under a UN mandate should be negotiated urgently, calling for international organizations to be granted unimpeded access to Nagorno-Karabakh to assess the situation and provide the necessary humanitarian assistance, also calling for a UN or OSCE fact-finding mission to the Lachin Corridor to assess the humanitarian situation on the ground. On January 16, the Office of the Representative of Armenia on International Legal Matters informed that the European Court of Human Rights sent an urgent notice to the Committee of Ministers of the Council of Europe to monitor the implementation of the interim measures indicated to Azerbaijan at the request of Armenia on December 21, 2022, on reopening of the Lachin Corridor. The ECHR rejected Azerbaijan's request on interim measures against Armenia, and the December 21 decision remains in force. And yesterday, you know, coming up with a new idea, Azerbaijan commenced an interstate arbitration under the Bern Convention on the Conservation of European Wildlife and natural habitats. Azerbaijan aims to hold Armenia accountable for, quote, its extensive destruction of Azerbaijan's environment and biodiversity. According to Baku, during the 30 years of occupation of Azerbaijani territory, Armenia depleted and illegally exploited Azerbaijan's natural resources, also damaging the, uh, the environment in that process. Also, the International Court of Justice will hold public hearings on the requests of Armenia and Azerbaijan to indicate provisional measures on January 30 and 31. Armenia is asking the courts to unblock the Lachin Corridor, and Azerbaijan is asking the courts to make Armenia stop planting landmines on its territory. This week, Armenian and international media sources reported that the European Union will send a new observation mission to Armenia. Unlike the previous mission, the new one will be deployed for two years instead of a few months and will be stationed throughout the territory of Armenia, not 
only along the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. According to different reports, the mission will consist of anywhere from 100 to 200 members. This has not been confirmed. Uh, the EU has yet to make an official statement about the deployment of the new mission. And uh, Azerbaijan's president, Ilham Aliyev, announced during a press conference that Azerbaijan will not cooperate with the new European mission and, and expressed his discontent with EU's decision to send a new mission to Armenia. Commenting on the possible deployment of a new EU observation mission uh, in Armenia, Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said during a press conference this week that the mission may be ineffective without the cooperation of Baku, adding that instead of building trust on the border, it might increase tension. Lavrov added that the CSTO offer to send a mission to Armenia remains in place, despite the fact that we are allies that the mission that he meant this yes to a mission is fully ready. The Armenian side prefers to negotiate with the EU so that a mission of civilian observers is deployed there on a long-term basis, said the Russian foreign minister. Lavrov also spoke about the ongoing blockade of the Lachin Corridor, stating that it must be open in both ways for people and goods. This was the first time that Russia was actually saying this. He added that Azerbaijan has provided information that the Armenian side has allegedly transported landmines and mined the territory near Azerbaijani positions. We are looking into that information, he said. And uh, this is very uh, interesting because uh, Russia is looking into whether Armenia transported landmine through the lodging corridor, which is under their control. Right. And you pass through like seven, <laughs> seven uh, Russian checkpoints on the way. Well, on January 17, Lavrov also called on Azerbaijan to unblock the latching corridor, speaking to his Azerbaijani counterpart, Jehun Bayramov. On January 18, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan held a phone conversation with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. According to Pashinyan's press service, they discussed the humanitarian situation in Artsakh caused by Azerbaijan's blocking of the latching corridor, the normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan, protection of the rights and security of the people of Nagorno-Karabakh, and blocking of regional infrastructures, and normalization of Armenia-Turkey relations were also discussed. Secretary Blinken welcomed the Prime Minister's commitment to peace and the two discussed steps to restart bilateral talks with Azerbaijan. Blinken expressed deep concern for the worsening humanitarian situation in nagorno karabakh He also reaffirmed the U.S. commitment to support efforts towards a lasting peace and to, to the strong multifaceted bilateral relationship between Armenia and the U.S. Ned Price, the spokesperson of the U.S. State Department, said during a press briefing that Blinken will also talk to Azerbaijan's president, Ilham Aliyev, uh, soon. Price went on to say that despite setbacks regarding nagorno karabakh the U.S. wants to see constructive dialogue put back on track. He added that Washington stands ready to engage bilaterally, is ready to engage with and through partners through the OSCE, or if and when appropriate trilaterally, as has been done in the past. Sarkis Khandanyan, a parliament member from the ruling Civil Contract Party and a member of the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Foreign Relations, told reporters yesterday that currently Armenia-Azerbaijan negotiations on the peace treaty are taking place through the mediation of Washington. He added that last year the text of the peace treaty was presented in Washington when the foreign ministers met in November and that the sides have been exchanging their comments on the text. On January 18, Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan addressed a number of issues during a Q&A in Parliament. 
He told the National Assembly that Armenia has sent Azerbaijan its proposal regarding the prospective peace treaty and has been waiting for their response for a month now. Mirzayan also stated that the UN Security Council did not adopt a statement on the Lachin Corridor back in late December because of the stance of some countries, including, quote, friendly countries, but uh, discussions are continuing. Azerbaijan's foreign ministry responded to Mirzoyan's statement, announcing that Baku is ready to sign a peace agreement with Yerevan based on the five main principles of normalization of relations and expects Armenia's agreement to hold a meeting to agree on the text. According to Baku, Armenia disrupted the negotiation process by not participating in the December 23 uh, meeting in Moscow of the foreign ministers in Moscow. Azerbaijan's president Aliyev announced during the World Economic Forum in Davos that Baku has offered to arrange a meeting between the leaders of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Georgia and Tbilisi, adding that Armenia has rejected the offer of creating a format for trilateral cooperation. Aliyev added that if the three South Caucasus countries unite their efforts in energy, transport, security, stability, and demarcation of borders, the region will be safer. We are in the middle of a desert because Armenia, unfortunately, did not respond to our offer to sign a peace agreement, Aliyev said while in Davos, and Armenia is not participating at the economic forum. No official explanation has been provided. And back to Mirzoyan, speaking about Armenia-Turkish relations, Armenia's foreign minister stated that there is no agreement on a meeting of special representatives for now, adding that he received an invitation from the Turkish foreign ministry to participate in the diplomatic forum in Antalya and that he will most probably accept the invitation. Turkey's foreign minister Mevlet Çavuşoğlu said this week that unfortunately there have been setbacks in the Armenia-Turkey negotiations. He went on to say that Ankara and Baku are sincere in their intentions to improve their relations with Armenia, adding that Armenia should take concrete steps without specifying what those steps should be. And this week, Foreign Minister Mirzoyan also held a number of phone conversations with his foreign counterpart. On January 16, Mirzoyan talked to the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres uh, discussing the blockade of the Lachin Corridor and recent regional developments. And on January 18, he spoke with Leo Doherty, the Minister of State for European Affairs of the UK, UK Armenia bilateral relations, as well as the looming catastrophe. In the Lachin Corridor were discussed during the phone conversation, and yesterday Mirzoyan spoke with his Dutch counterpart as well. This week, NATO Deputy Assistant Secretary General for Political Affairs and Security Policy and Special Representative for the South Caucasus and Central Asia, Javier Colomina, was in Yerevan, where he met with Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, Defense Minister Suren Papikian, Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan, and other high-ranking Armenian officials. Armenia-NATO cooperation, the situation in the region, as well as the blockade of the Lachin Corridor were at the center of discussions. Kolomina tweeted that it is key to guarantee free movement, address humanitarian issues, and resume talks. And today it was announced that the NATO Secretary General will meet with Armenia's Foreign Minister at NATO headquarters in Brussels on January 23. There will be no uh, press briefing following the meeting. And a Secretary of Armenia's Security Council, Armen Grigoria, spoke with French President Emmanuel Macron's diplomatic advisor, Isabella Dumont, and the National Security Advisor of India's Prime Minister, the situation in Artsakh resulting from the blockade, as well as the situation in the region, were discussed during those phone conversations. And also this week, India appointed Saha Sinha, uh, presently Joint Secretary in the Ministry of External Affairs, as the next Ambassador of India to Armenia. 
And today, Iran's ambassador to Armenia uh, reiterated Iran's position that Armenia's security is also Iran's security during a visit to uh, Sunik region. He added that Iran's position has always been that the independence and territorial integrity of countries must be respected in line with international laws. And a little bit more in local news. On January 18, Armenia's National Security Service reported that two people were detained for the attack against Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan on the night of November 9. This is in 2020 and for stealing valuable items from the prime minister's residence. As a reminder, on the night of November 9, when it was announced that Armenia, Azerbaijan and Russia had signed a statement ending that 44-day war, a crowd stormed the parliament building and the prime minister's residence. Then parliament speaker Arat Mirzoyan was severely beaten, sustaining serious injuries. And today, Prosecutor General Anna Vartabetian presented three petitions to Parliament Speaker Alain Simonian to initiate criminal prosecution against the head of the Armenia Alliance parliamentary faction, former Defense Minister Seydan Ohanian. Ohanian has been notified, and uh, the issue will be discussed during the next Parliament session scheduled for February 7. Ohanian is being accused of abuse of power and negligence of official duties. And it's been a very heavy week um, a very intense week Um, hopefully the weekend will be kinder to us Uh, we'll be back again next week on Friday Mm -hmm.